0: Trivial Knowledge, a little bit about a whole lot. My name is Stephanie, and I'm excited to bring to you this next episode of Trivial Knowledge. Here's a little bit of background for those who are listening for the first time. I created this podcast to explore our universe together, to go back in time to learn about ancient history, across the oceans to understand other cultures to journey through athletics, science, technology, and more. Each episode brings you a weekly dose of knowledge from five different topics drawn from four broad categories. And to add to the fun, one topic will be acquired from a random Wikipedia page. With such an extensive range of topics, there's going to be something here for everyone. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now let's dive in to episode six. Celebrate like it's 1998. Social Sciences Our social science topic for today is a little bit different from past episodes. Instead of focusing on just one subject, we are going to travel back in time, but not too far back, to the year 1998, and discuss some of the important events that occurred during this year. The year 1998 started on a Thursday and was elected the International Year of the Ocean. It started off busy with January filled with events, including the launch of the Lunar Prospector, massacres in Algeria, and the confession of Unabomber Ted Kaczynski. Another major event this month occurred in Europe on January 12th when 19 European nations agreed to forbid human cloning creating the first binding international legal tool for human cloning. The title of the agreement was a mouthful. The additional protocol to the convention for the protection of human rights and dignity of the human being with regard to the application of biology and medicine on the prohibition of cloning human beings. To summarize, it prohibits in quotes any intervention seeking to create a human being genetically identical to another human being. For anyone interested in reading the full agreement, you can find it on the Council of Europe's portal website at www.coe.int. The exact web address will be listed on my website. February brought to us the Winter Olympics, held in Nagano, Japan, and introduced three new sports that are very well recognized and popular today. Women's ice hockey, with the US taking the first gold medal, snowboarding, and men and women's curling. Azerbaijan, Kenya, Macedonia, Uruguay, and Venezuela made their Winter Olympic debut this year as well. The 1998 Winter Olympics were dominated by Germany, who won 29 medals, including 12 gold, while Norway, Russia, Canada, and the United States all finished in the top five. The mascots were four snowy owls, known as Snowlets. Suki represented fire, Noki represented air, Leki represented earth, and Tezuki represented water. Together, they symbolized the four major islands of Japan. March was the month of the Titanic, which became the first film to gross 1 billion US dollars, and then would go on to win 11 Oscars at the 70th Academy Awards that same month. The Academy Awards was hosted by Billy Crystal, and was one of the most-watched Oscars in broadcast history. Other winners included Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, who won Best Screenplay for Goodwill Hunting, and Jack Nicholas and Helen Hunt who won Best Actor and Best Actress for their movie, As Good As It Gets. April 1998 was a huge historic month for Ireland and Great Britain. On April 10th, the Good Friday Agreement, also known as the Belfast Agreement, was signed by Ireland and Great Britain. The Good Friday Agreement was a peace agreement between the Irish and British governments and most of Northern Ireland's political parties and it brought to an end the period of violence known as the Troubles. The Nobel Peace Prize of 1998 was awarded to John Hume and David Trimble for their part in helping to find a peaceful solution to the Northern Ireland conflict. If anyone would like to read the 35-page agreement, you can find it on the UK government website at www.gov.uk, and as always, the full link will be posted on my website as well. For those using pagers on May 19, 1998, you may remember that your pager suddenly lost service when the Galaxy 4 communications satellite failed. The cause of failure was something called whisker growth, which is where tendrils grow out from the solder and create an electrical short circuit. The satellite was officially confirmed lost on May 20, 1998. June brought to us the European Central Bank and the Kuala Lumpur International Airport, which officially opened in Malaysia using the letters LKIA. As of today, it is the largest and busiest airport in Malaysia, handling almost 60 million passengers in 2018. On July 17, 1998, Nicholas II of Russia and his family were finally buried in the St. Catherine Chapel in St. Petersburg, 80 years after he and his family were killed by the Bolsheviks in 1918. August was a month of many tragic events, including the start of the Second Congo War on August 4th and the bombing of three U.S. embassies in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania and Nairobi, Kenya, killing 224 people. September saw the foundation of a company that is now very well known and has changed the terminology we use when discussing web searches. Google was founded in Menlo Park, California by Stanford University PhD candidates Larry Page and Sergey Brin. The search engine was initially called Backrub before changing its name to Google. It was an innovative search engine for its time. It ranked websites by both the number of times search phrases appeared and the number of links each website had. On October 10, 1998, General Augusto Pinochet, the Chilean dictator from 1973 to 1990, was indicted and arrested for human rights violations after being apprehended by British authorities in London, England. His case is now one of the leading cases in the law of universal jurisdiction. The last two months of the year, November and December, saw the launches of the first pieces of the International Space Station. On November 20th, the first segment, called the Zarya Module, was funded by the U.S. and launched from Kazakhstan. It was built by Russia under a subcontract to Boeing for NASA and today is primarily used for storage. Two weeks later, on December 4th, the Space Shuttle Endeavour launched with the first American-built component, the Unity module, which was united with Zarya in space. On December 10th, the International Space Station was opened for the first time, and NASA astronaut Robert Cabana and Russian Space Agency astronaut Sergei K. Krikalev were the first people to enter. As you can see, 1998 was a year full of significant events. If you would like to learn more about any of these events, please visit my website for links. Sports & Entertainment In March 2006, the band The Liars contacted the Dutch inventor Yuri Landman to create a new, unique instrument for their guitarist Aaron Hemphill. Yuri worked on the project for six months, and at the end, he had created two copies of a twelve-string electric zither he named the Mood Swinger. While the mood swinger resembles an electric guitar, it is actually classified as a zither as it lacks frets and a proper neck. For those like me who are wondering what exactly zithers are, they are a class of string instruments where the strings do not extend beyond the sounding box, which is the hole in the instrument. Two years later, in 2008, the Mood Swinger 2 was released, and in 2009, Landman created an offshoot of the original Mood Swinger called the Home Swinger, a do-it-yourself instrument which could be built by anyone within four hours at workshops and festivals. The Mood Swinger consists of 12 strings tuned in a circle of force. those that are musicians. It has three scales which are printed and help guide the position for the movable third bridge of the instrument. For those who are interested in these scales, you can visit www.oddmusic.com to learn more. I will have the full address linked on my website. The third bridge divides the strings along the neck into two different segments, each with different pitches. This can create a bell-like harmonic second tone, depending on where the string is played. Bruce Duff, Landman's spokesman, said of the instrument in an article by Andy Campbell, posted in the Brooklyn paper on February 12, 2010. The bridge is in the middle of the instrument. You can really make a lot of different sounds with it. I don't really know how to use the dang thing, but I like what Yori does with it. If you would like to see a moose swinger or home swinger in real life, you can visit the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix, where the instruments were added to the Dutch Musical Instrument Inventions collection in 2010. Science and Technology On Valentine's Day, 1997, Jim Kelly, former Buffalo Bills quarterback and Pro Football Hall of Famer, and his wife Jill welcomed a new baby boy to their family. Hunter was born healthy, but over the first several weeks of his life, the parents noted that he was more irritable than other infants his age. Leading pediatric neurologist, Dr. Patricia Duffner, evaluated Hunter and gave the family the devastating diagnosis of Kerbe’s disease. Your son has been diagnosed with a fatal genetic disease called Courbet leukodystrophy, she told the family according to their website www.huntershope.com. There is no treatment for the disease and no cure. The average life expectancy for babies diagnosed with infantile Crabay is 14 months. Hunter will probably not live to see his second birthday. We can help you make your son more comfortable. Hunter Kelly died on August 4, 2005, exceeding the average life expectancy for this disease and inspiring his parents to establish the Hunter Kelly Foundation in his honor. The Hunter Kelly Foundation is a nonprofit organization with the purpose of bringing education and awareness, research and family care to a class of diseases called leukodystrophies, as well as making available newborn screening for every child, every time, everywhere. Before we talk a little bit more about this important foundation, I want to discuss what Criba disease is a little more. Krebet disease was first described in 1916 by Danish neurologist Knud Krebet, who described five infants with very similar symptoms. Per a recent article published in Archives of Neurology in 2003 by Kor, Lubetsky, and Nevo, Krebet described the initial symptoms as this When five months old, he began to cry frequently and convulsively. At the same time, fits of stiffness of all extremities appeared with posturing of the hands and crossings of the legs. Body and limbs stiffly extended, head turned backwards, back crooked, hands often clenched. What he was describing was the increased rigid tone of the children's muscles leading to the abnormal positioning of the children's hands, arms, and legs. The disease takes away the milestones that children may have reached such as rolling over or sitting up, and takes away their ability to obtain future milestones such as crawling and walking. It is caused by toxins that build up in the brain due to a gene defect that decreases the body's ability to produce the enzyme needed to break down the toxins. For a good overview of this disease, you can visit huntershope.org, which has a section called What is Crebet's Disease? Courbet's disease is rare only occurring in 1 in 100,000 to 250,000 births. For those who are lucky enough to be diagnosed before symptoms develop, usually through a newborn screening process or because of an affected older sibling, a stem cell transplant can be performed. Unfortunately, a stem cell transplant does not reverse damage that has already been done, so for those children who are already symptomatic, treatment is typically supportive and focuses on increasing quality of life. The mission of Hunter's Hope Foundation is fourfold, and per their website is First, to broaden awareness of Courbet disease and other leukodystrophies, thus increasing the probability of early detection and treatment. Second, to gather and provide current functional information and service linkages to families of children with leukodystrophies. Third, to fund research that will identify new treatments, therapies, and ultimately a cure for Krebet's disease and other leukodystrophies. And lastly, to establish an alliance of hope that will nourish, affirm, and confront the urgent need for medical, financial, and emotional support of family members and those afflicted with leukodystrophies. For their work, the University of Buffalo awarded them the Samuel P. Kappen Award which recognizes notable and meritorious contributions to the university and its community. Jim Kelly said upon receiving the award, This is more than a dream for us. It is a culmination of all that we had hoped for, so that other families with children diagnosed with crevets would never have to experience what we have as a family. For those who would like to learn more about the Hunter Kelly Foundation and their important, life-saving work, or would like to give a donation or volunteer with the organization, you can visit them at their website at www.huntershope.org. This link will also be available on my website at www.trivialknowledgepodcast.com. Geography and World Culture Today, we travel to Oceania to learn about the North Halmahera languages, which are spoken on the northern and eastern parts of Halmahera, an island in Indonesia, as well as several islands close by. Halmahera is a volcanic island and the largest island in the Maluku Island chain. The variety of terrain is vast ranging from white sandy beaches to rugged, mountainous landscapes, with forests covering much of the land. People are attracted to the island for its sandy beaches, attractive scenery, and beautiful waters. In the late 19th and early 20th century, Dutch missionaries performed extensive study of the North Halmahera languages. The group of languages is thought to be 3,000 years old, with extensive variation in the different dialects. The North Halmahera languages were classified and sorted into two branches by Vorhov in his 1988 classification. We will start with the smaller of the two branches, which consists of the West Makian languages, strongly influenced by a neighboring Austronesian language. The language has four vowels and is spoken on the coast of Makian island. It is the most divergent language in the family by far, because it shares the island with the East Makian language. Moving to the other branch, this branch consists of the majority of the North Halmahera sublanguages, and we will touch on a few. Ternate is the best known North Halmahera language and is spoken on the island of the same name. The Sultanate of Ternate, famous for spice trade, used this language as their primary language. If you would like to learn more about the Sultanate of Ternate, please visit my blog at www.trivialknowledgepodcast.com. A close relative of Ternate is the Tidore language, which is centered on the island of Tidore, but also spoken in some areas of Halmahera. The distinction between Tadore and Ternate appears to be due to social political features rather than linguistic factors. Both languages are notable because they are the only non-Austronesia or Papuan languages of the region to have started literary customs before European explorers arrived. The next language is Sahu, which has five dialects and uses many loanwords from the Tornate language, likely due to Tornate Sultanate's historical dominance. Tobolo has six dialects and is spoken on the eastern parts of Halmahera, as well as neighboring islands. With 80,000 speakers, Galela is the second most spoken Papuan language west of New Guinea and has four dialects. The North Halmahera Islands appear to have close affinity with languages of bird's head, and some people classify these languages as part of the large West Papua family, though others believe that North Hamahara forms its own distinctive language family. Nonetheless, now we know a little bit more about the unique languages spoken in this area of Indonesia. Today's Random Topic Independence, a name popular in towns throughout the United States, is the name of at least four West Virginia communities. Our random Wikipedia page today brings us to one of these communities, Independence, Preston County, West Virginia. Preston County, located in the northeastern part of West Virginia, close to the Pennsylvania border, is named for the former Virginia governor, James Patton Preston. Preston County is known for its Buckwheat Festival as local Preston County farmers grew buckwheat during the Great Depression and celebrated each year at the end of harvest. The Town of Independence, established in March 1860, is a small community located adjacent to the town of Newburg in Preston County. Originally named Raccoon after Raccoon Creek which runs through the town, It changed its name to Independence in the late 19th century. According to a book by Hamill Kenney, published in 1945, called West Virginia Place Names, Their Origin and Meaning, there are two stories on why the town changed its name. The first comes from a Mr. Bailey who states the name changed when the railroad construction workers wouldn't work on Independence Day. Mr. Wiley states, John Howard changed the name to honor the 4th of Independence Day. A quote from the book, A History of Preston County by Orrin Morton and J.R. Cole states, It was Mr. Howard who named the town of Independence in Preston County where he lived and kept an inn which fact proclaims his well-furnished home as a Virginia law prohibited the entertainment of travelers unless prepared to furnish each with a feather bed. While there is not a lot of information available on the town itself, there are books dedicated to some of its notable residents and we will learn about two of those today. Alexander Strauss was born in Budapest, Hungary in 1829 and served as a rebel lieutenant during the 1848 Hungarian Revolution. During the revolution, he was captured by Russia, who in turn gave him to the Austrians to serve in their Italian army. Alexander ended up deserting in 1850, escaping to Germany, then England, before eventually entering the United States in Boston, Massachusetts in April of 1851. Once in the United States, the U.S. Coast Survey employed him and he became well-known for his map-making skills around naval circles. In his spare time, he and a partner opened a brewery in Norfolk, Virginia in 1858, bringing lager beer to Virginia for the first time. In 1862, the Rear Admiral David Dixon Porter invited him west to provide useful maps to help with navigating the Yazoo River and other waters around Vicksburg, Mississippi. He stayed with Porter for the following year, coming with him on the Steele's Bayou expedition in March 1863, before coming down with malaria, compelling him to take time off. In 1864, following his recovery, he returned to his coast survey work, finally settling in Wilmington, North Carolina, where he also developed and built many buildings. In 1878, he moved to Independence, West Virginia to direct the Ironton Furnace until it shut down in 1885. After a brief stint in Florida, he would retire in Ohio. Another notable citizen of Independence was Honorable John Nelson Baker, born on April 26, 1850 on a farm close to Marquess. He was brought up as a farmer, went on to teach school before being elected a member of the legislature, where he was served two terms. Quotes from A History of Preston County, West Virginia by Morton and Cole states that he distinguished his career in life not only as a member of the House of Delegates to which he was elected first in 1898, then again in 1900, and where he served with much credit to himself and constituents in that position, But as an agent for many years of B.F. Young Company, who owned 20,000 acres of valuable coal, mineral, and timber lands in the state of West Virginia. He also was well known in Masonic circles and received honors of the order as far as the Shriner's degree. Now, if you ever find yourself driving through Independence, you know a little bit more about the town's history, and while you're in Preston County, You may want to visit Cathedral State Park and its 50 species of wildflowers, or hike Cooper's Rock State Forest. And if it's the time of year for the Buckwheat Festival, grab yourself a Buckwheat cake and some Preston County pork sausage patties. And that concludes this episode of Trivial Knowledge, a little bit about a whole lot. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope you were able to take away some interesting facts that were new to you and that you can share with friends and family or at your local trivia night. If you would like to read the blog post on the Sultanate of Ternate, would like links to more in-depth articles on topics you enjoyed, or would like a sneak peek about next week's episode, please visit my website at www.trivialknowledgepodcast.com. That's www.trivialknowledgepodcast.com. If you have questions or would like to leave comments about today's episode, please email me at trivialknowledge5 at gmail.com or contact me via social media links on my website. I look forward to our new adventures next week when we learn about one of the first woman engineers and much, much more. I will end this episode with a quote from Helen Keller. Knowledge is love in life and vision. Join me next week to learn a little bit more about a whole lot.